Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Podelsky coming to you live and local from southern Minnesota here in beautiful Wasika the land of the fertile soil and the land of the many waters. We've got a very exciting show. We'll talk about our guests here in a second. But first, let's get things started in prayer as we normally do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Advocate, Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of blessings, bestower of life, come and dwell within us. Cleanse us of all that defiles us. No good one, save our souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to this morning's show. We have a bunch of exciting guests this morning. We're going to talk to Father Brian Lynch uh, from the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis later on about um, his journey to the priesthood and a Shroud of Turin exhibit coming to the cities. We'll also be talking to Father Will Thompson, the Vicar General here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And uh, we'll have a special uh, guest, uh, I I guess they're all special guests, but uh, Executive Director Mark Holcraft will join us later on to tell us a little bit about how the uh, recent Fall Live Drive uh, went and also about the upcoming banquets, the one here in Rochester coming up November 4th, the one in Sioux Falls coming up November 2nd. So those are coming up very quickly. Um, obviously, if you're interested in those, I'll put a plug in now, and I'll also put one in later in the show uh, when we talk to uh, Mark. But you can go to realpresenceradio.com and uh, sign up for those uh, dinners and come join us and uh, enjoy a great speaker, Dr. Stacy Trisankus, uh, who we'll talk a little bit about later on in the show today. But first, um, very excited an event coming up at my uh, my parish in Minneapolis, St. Constantine, uh, the 11th Annual Byzantine Choral Festival of Minnesota. That's right, the 11th Annual. It's been going on for 11 years. Had to take a break last year for COVID, and we'll learn more about it. So joining me now is uh, Dr. Yuri Ivan, who's the, uh, among other things, the... Uh, um, the... Uh, uh, choir director at St. Constantine Parish and has a whole bunch of other things going on. So welcome this morning, Gary. Good morning, everybody. Could you uh, tell our listeners just a little bit about uh, your background? Well, I'm a, a musician by trade. Um, uh, originally, I'm from Ukraine, and my first education was over there. I completed my doctoral degree at the University of Minnesota, in conducting, and um, I am glad that uh, I have my one of my musical homes, as well as spiritual homes, is St. Constantine Ukraine Catholic Church in Minneapolis, and I am um, the artistic director of the Byzantine Choral Festival of Minnesota. <laughs> and outside of that, you're also a, a conductor for a for a, a secular orchestra, right? 
Yes, I conduct Kenwood Symphony and Linden Hills Orchestra, and I collaborate with many organizations in town, uh, Metropolitan Ballet amongst them. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And also on the phone is uh, uh, Christina, who's also a parishioner at St. Constantine Parish and also in the choir there. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, good morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, basically, I'm a retired teacher, a public school teacher, and as well as an airline, a retired airline employee. But my biggest love what is continues to be singing with this choir that I'm at St. Constantine Church. I've been uh, brought up Ukrainian Catholic, and singing was a part of my life at that time. But lately, the last 10 years since I joined under Yuri's direction, I learned to really appreciate and enjoy our Ukrainian beautiful traditions and music. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, we're all parishioners at St. Constantine Ukrainian Catholic Church up in Minneapolis. And also all three of us are students in the Mission Institute program, uh, which is put on by our eparchy, uh, similar to a diocese. Um, and we take courses to uh, for, for mission, for evangelization. So um, it's kind of cool to have the three of us on air together uh, for that, to talk about this upcoming event. Um, so, uh, uh, back to, uh, Yuri, uh, could you tell us about, um, kind of y- your passion, uh, for sacred music and, uh, why, why, why putting this event on is so important? Um, well, my, uh, upbringing, uh, I'm kind of dating myself here, but, uh, <laughs> I was born in a Soviet Union where, uh, Sacred music was not appreciated. It was banned, basically, most of it. And um, my grandfather was a priest in the underground church, which was banned. The Byzantine Catholic Church was not allowed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were worshiping with closed windows and blinds on, so the neighbors could not hear. But it was a song liturgy. We sang. So my, my early upbringing, I remember singing, and I remember being connected to liturgical singing since then. And then in, uh, when the Soviet Union crumbled, um, the, slowly the, the, the choral music of the Byzantine Rite made it into the educational institutions. So as I was studying for my choral degree, we slowly started to get uh, this choral music, which was beautiful, and the text was beautiful, and the text I remembered from the liturgy. So I, I had a special connection. And then all my life I was uh, connected to church choirs. I um, conducted the cathedral choir at the Holy Cross um, Cathedral in Ushgorod, um back in Ukraine. I uh, conducted the choir in the seminary. So I, I really, this, this is in my blood, and I feel like I, I cannot live a day without being connected somehow to... Uh, to uh, choral music, of, of liturgical choral music. Um, and uh, it was natural to um, dream up this, this, this event, which is a, basically a forum for all the conductors and choristers of the local churches to get together and um, listen to each other. On Sundays, we're all busy. We mm-hmm. all, we all involved with our own uh, church and we sing and you know some of these choirs are are doing beautiful music and we never have a chance to listen to each other so this is this is a chance to get together and listen to each other 
learn new things from each other, repertoire and other, in other aspects of choral music, and also uh, share it with those who are maybe not involved with our churches, just love the beauty of the music. Absolutely. If you're just joining us now, uh, we're talking about the upcoming Byzantine Choral Festival of Minnesota in Minneapolis on October 10th. Uh, that's coming up. That'll be this Sunday. We have uh, Dr. Yuri Ivan on the phone as well as Kristina Yermachov um, talking to us about that event. Uh, so, um, um, where was I going to go from here? I lost the uh, lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, so, uh, Christina, have you been involved uh, with the Choral Festival since the start? Uh, is it something that you got involved in later? I have been right from the beginning. That was 12 years ago because we, even though this is the 11th festival, but because we had that one year off with uh, COVID. So, yes, and I started at the very beginning just as a bystander. I was in the choir, but other people were involved, and they asked me to make sandwiches. And I thought, okay. So I did the sandwiches and enjoyed that, but I enjoyed the concert as well. And then it started as with only two or three choirs with 50 people in the audience, and then it kept growing throughout the years. So, yes, I had humble beginnings, but now I'm part on the board with Yuri and other people. Hmm. and do as much as I can to make it a success. And it's been just a wonderful experience, and we're glad we can do it again this year. Awesome. And how has that helped you um, uh, personally? You know, I know you've gotten more involved, uh, like you said, as it's gone on, but uh, personally, uh, how has that uh, affected you being involved with this uh, festival? Well, it's just a big part of my life here now. Not only do I get to meet people better, uh, more uh, people get to know them better from our church, but other churches as well. It's amazing how how many people you run into who have some connection. I was at a concert at the Minnesota Orchestra when it was open, and we were in line, and we said, "Oh, I know you. You're from the Byzantine Choral Festival." Ah. And, that type of thing. Just complete strangers. We, we sang there. We enjoyed it. That type of thing. So that feels really good. And also, yeah. personally, I really enjoyed because I grew up with this music, but I never really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was kind of a rebellious teen. We were forced <laughs> to go to church and listen and sing. And my dad would say, louder, louder. Didn't like that. But in my later years, especially under being with this choir, we learned so many new pieces and about composers. And it's just wonderful. Um, it's really a huge part of my life, and I enjoy it very much. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, Yuri, uh, what makes this uh, festival unique uh, from other, you know, like it's it's not simply a, a concert, right? There, there's more to it. Yes. Um, it started as a, as a concert, but basically it grew into a two-day event eventually, Starting from the third year, we started to offer an all-day workshop. Uh, we call it all-day workshop. It's basically, it runs from 8 o'clock in the morning till uh, 3.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, we invite uh, high-profile conductors uh, from the local choral scene in Minneapolis-St. Paul area to uh, lead the workshop um, we split up uh, into a men's choir, female choir, and then we join and rehearse separately and together. And during that day, we'll learn um, three to five pieces 
um, about 20 minutes of music, uh, polish it up, and next day um, on Sunday at the concert, we have a festival choir that performs. And, you know, it's it's really a short time, a couple hours to learn, because we have to have lunch and, and breaks. Um, and you we don't audition for this um, uh, because, you know, we, we just accept people from the street, basically. Uh, hopefully we we uh, have enough people to uh, who know what they are doing to to make this happen. But basically, it's a it's a, it has more chances not to happen than than to happen because we don't <laughs> audition. And uh, it's it's amazing how it comes together. And uh, these experienced conductors um, they pull it together, and it sounds beautifully at the concert. So it's that that that's a very unique feature, I think, of this festival. Now, uh, I just want to mention that uh, we are blessed that we're being held by these great uh, conductors from Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, first couple festivals, um, Lawrence Weller, who was the um, was was leading this workshop, and he. Um, He's a retired emeritus professor from the University of Minnesota. Actually, was a, he was a, actually leading the School of Music at, at one point. Um, also, Michael McGahey from McAllister College uh, collaborates with us for a number of years. And also, Timothy Sawyer, the director of chor- uh, choral activities at um, um, Northwestern University of Northwestern, um, is uh, a staunch supporter and uh, helps us with the workshop, and I think he will be joining us for the second segment as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited to uh, to talk with him. Well, we're we're coming up to the break, and and uh, we're gonna, uh, Christina, you're gonna have to go away. So uh, Timothy, I will. <laughs> uh, Sawyer can <laughs> well, join us. Thanks for having me. So, uh, but before everyone there, yeah, before you go, if there's. Uh, one reason uh, that you would recommend people come, uh, what would it be? One reason, well, it's free and open to, okay, it's going to be a long one reason. <laughs> free, open to the public, accept, easily accessible, good parking, and it's just amazing music. So please, please come. You'll be uh, very happy you did. I couldn't have couldn't have said it better myself. Well, uh, oh, yeah. thank you. Mm. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Uh, for this interview. Thank you. And, uh, I think it went excellently, and like I said, after the break, we'll come back and we'll get to hear a little piece of music from one of the the uh, years past at the Byzantine Choral Festival, and I believe it's the the Saint Constantine Choir. So the the choir you get to hear every Sunday if you if you come to liturgy, um, and we'll intro that and kind of talk about that when we come back from the break. So uh, thank you for joining us, Christina and uh, Yuri. You'll thank you stay for with us. Me. All right, uh, stay tuned with us here on Real Presence Live. We'll see you after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And and if you're just joining us, welcome back here on Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky coming to you live from southern Minnesota. Uh, beautiful Wasika, the land of the fertile soil in the land of the 10,000 lakes. Um, also, you know, I think Wasika can uh, lay claim since we have mm, four or five of those lakes right nearby, you know, that we're actually uh, a land of many waters as well. Uh, good morning again. If you're just joining us, uh, we are talking about the 11th annual Byzantine Coral Festival coming up in Minneapolis, October 10th. Um, we had, uh, uh, we have Dr. Yuri Vaughn on the phone with us and uh, we'll also be joined by, uh, Tim Sawyer here in just a second. Uh, but first, I wanted to play a selection. We've been talking about this choral festival, and you may be saying, well, what the heck does Byzantine choral music even sound like? Uh, so I thought we'd uh, play a little bit here. It's uh, Blessed Be the Name, which is a kind of towards the end of Divine Liturgy. Uh, it is composed by uh, Bortnyansky, who's a famous uh, Ukrainian composer, and uh, it is performed here by the festival choir that we talked a little bit about before uh, the break. These are uh, individuals from choirs uh, throughout uh, throughout the metropolitan area and the Twin Cities uh, who come to perform at this festival, who have that workshop and then perform together as one choir on kind of the, uh, the uh, on for this uh, Byzantine Choral Festival event. So uh, here it is. Yeah. 
Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, I think, as I mentioned before the break, uh, I'm accustomed to hearing that in Ukrainian uh, when we go on Sundays at 10 o'clock because uh, the choir uh, performs at, at St. Constantine's regularly. Uh, but uh, it's one of those pieces in the Divine Liturgy. And as we mentioned before the break, the entire Divine Liturgy just about is sung through. And if you go at, at 10 o'clock on uh, Sundays, uh, you do get to hear that the, a lot of those Bortnyansky compositions throughout. It's just a beautiful way to worship. Anyway, if you're just joining us and wonder why you heard that in the morning on Real Presence Live, it's because we're talking about the 11th Annual Byzantine Choral Festival. Uh, Dr. Yuri Ivan still on the line with us, as well as Timothy Sawyer. Uh, uh, Timothy, can you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Well, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me. And feel free to call me Tim. But uh, I am the Director of Choral Activities at the University of Northwestern, St. Paul, right here in Roseville, Minnesota. And it has been my great honor and privilege to be a part of this great festival for the last decade. Um, and uh, we're a better part of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it again this year. And I, uh, I asked uh, our two guests in the, in the first half of this interview, uh, so I'll ask you now, uh, why, uh, what... What uh, motivated you to get involved with this uh, festival? Well, I was contacted by Larry Weller, who was at the time the guest conductor working with Yuri, and he asked me if I would like to get involved, and I jumped at the chance. First of all, because I love all things Slavic. Uh, I've been to Ukraine nine times, and so there's a chamber of my heart that belongs in Ukraine, actually. I'm not Ukrainian. Um, uh-huh. But there's a part of my heart that that is there. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm I'm glad to to have you on the line with us, and glad to have you involved uh, with the festival. So, um, y- Yuri, um, this uh, choral festival is uh, sometimes w- when we say Byzantine music, some people might think that that's just one style or one tradition of music. But there's actually a lot of different uh, traditions within. Uh, Byzantine, uh, the Byzantine choral tradition. So, how does this? Uh, how does this festival do a good job of showcasing those different traditions? Um, well, uh, actually, there is a p- paradox. Uh, it, it's all this music is uh, thought of as being Russian Orthodox, but it isn't. Right. <laughs> I mean, some composers like Tchaikovsky and Rachmaninoff, whom we love, are Russian. But um, there is also music written by John Tavener, who was an Englishman, by Arvo Kart, who is uh, Estonian, and um, local composers as well. For example, we sung um, a last uh, festival, we sung a piece by David Lux, who is a local composer, and he, he worships at the uh, St. Mary's Orthodox Cathedral a couple blocks from St. Constantine's. Um, and this I think um, uh, Tim's choir will be performing a piece by, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's the other choir from McPhail going to be performing a piece by Steve Paulus, Stephen Paulus, who's a local uh, nationally famous composer, and the piece is called The Pilgrim's Hymn, and the text of this entirely, except for maybe a couple words, is taken from a Byzantine rite prayer book. Mm. Um but uh, going back to the traditions, um, we, um, within the Byzantine tradition, Byzantine rite is celebrated um, 
uh, as one of the 24, 25 rites that, uh, you know, are celebrated in the Catholic Church, but also Eastern Orthodox churches celebrate in Byzantine rites. So um, uh, we have a couple of Orthodox churches joining us, choirs. Um, we have secular choirs, university choirs. And um, within the Byzantine tradition, we, we had the Carpetorusin choir from um, St. John the mm-hmm. Baptist, Byzantine Catholic Church, join us. We had Georgian music by mm-hmm. um, uh, several choirs, actually. Um, Georgia in Europe, had, not Georgia as Ge- in... Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we had uh, um, our neighbors, St. Marin's, uh, Choir. Mm. That's another rite that's celebrated in the Catholic Church, the Maronite rite. And, um, you know, they sung uh, their compositions um, at least twice uh, during the 10 years. Mm. So we, we are trying to broaden our focus here a little bit. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, and that's, that's really cool. And it kind of has that... Um uh, what do you call that ecumenical sort of element to it, right? And that we're all able to get together with our Orthodox brothers and sisters, as well as those people, like you said, that you know some of the choirs performing aren't attached to a church, right? It's it's a secular choir. It's from a university or or something like that. Uh, so it's kind of cool for all of us to be able to get together around our our love for liturgical music, right? Yes, yes, and also. Um, you know, at one of the festivals, we had so many languages that it was like I have a hard time counting. We had Ukrainian, Old Slavonic, um, we had uh, Serbian, we had uh, um, Karpetorusin, we had uh, Aramaic, because the mm. Maronite right. choir was singing in Aramaic and Arabic. Wow. So you had all these compositions sung in all these languages. That's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, those who aren't familiar with Saint Constantine's kind of Kitty Quarter from Saint Constantine's is uh, Saint Marin uh, uh, Maronite Parish, and they're uh, uh, of Lebanese heritage. Most of the parishioners there, and then back behind Saint Constantine is uh, Saint Saint George, uh, Saint. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Saint There's Michael two saints, St. Michael and St. George, uh, Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And then uh, Kitty Corner is the uh, the, the Tridentine Parish, the uh, Fraternity of St. Peter uh, there. Uh, all saints. And St. Saint Boniface is and also Saint, very close. Right? close. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the holy corner. Right, exactly. Yeah, if there's if there's one place you want to be when when things go uh, go south, it would be right there. You know, you get your pick of pick of churches. So anyway, um what uh and i guess uh i can well we'll kind of flip back and forth between our two guests here so uh tim uh what can those who attend expect well first of all the the setting is so beautiful as you well know it's just an absolute architectural gem in the twin cities and i'm really looking forward to bringing my students there most of whom are not from the catholic tradition or catholic background hmm. But uh, our our worshipers in many many different traditions, and I think it's just so beautiful—a beautiful place to come together and to to enjoy the incredible beauty of music, but also the visual beauty of St. Constantine. And also, I love that they get a chance to meet and work with my Ukrainian brother Yuri Ivan. I didn't realize I had a, a brother named Yuri, 
Uh, but I, <laughs> when we met, I discovered that he's my brother in every way, and uh, he's such a great man. And I really look forward to them being able to learn from the other choirs that are there and to work with him as well. Awesome. Thank awesome. You. Thank you, team. <laughs> well, and, and let me just add one thing, too. I think there's the educational aspect of this. There's not only the beauty of music and the worship aspect of it and learning about these different traditions, but um, there's also the opportunity to learn from one another. I think that's already been discussed. Uh, but as a, as a professor, as a teacher, I want my students to be able to experience as many different cultural contexts for music as possible. Mm. And so my choir has toured all over the world, and one of my best, most fav- favorite memories of all time was singing in Tallinn, Estonia, at uh, mm. the, ortho- the, the Russian Orthodox Cathedral there, Alexander mm-hmm. Nevsky Cathedral. Mm-hmm. And literally, it's one of the memories that I will always I will cherish until my dying day. One of the most amazing experiences, and the students who were there would, would say the same thing. I think this idea of the community of faith being much broader and more, and really bigger, uh, and more open and welcoming in so many ways um, through music and through liturgy, that's what I'm really excited about, and that's what keeps me coming back every year. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, if I may add um, to uh, what the what, uh, audience could expect, we will have this time... Uh, only four choirs. We usually showcase the festival choir, and then besides the festival choir, it's five, six, seven choirs. So uh, I think the most we had nine. Uh, this year we have only four because COVID disrupted all the rehearsals, and not everyone feels ready. Mm-hmm. So we will have uh, University of North- Northwestern uh, Choir, the Northwestern Choir, under uh, the baton of uh, Tim Sawyer, my esteemed colleague. And we will have St. Catherine's Ukrainian Orthodox Church Choir under the direction of Oleksiy Hristich. Um, Sonomento Choir from McPhail uh, Center for Music under the direction of uh, my other esteemed colleague, Craig Field. Um, and uh, St. Constantine's Ukrainian Catholic Church Choir. So... Also, we will have a unique opportunity this year to sing the song that you aired today as a sing-along. We will ah. have music available for everyone who wants to join, and that is kind of the theme song of the festival for years. We've been doing it mm-hmm. at the end of each festival, uh, as well as we will have an opportunity to sing along uh, the beautiful um, Bogorodice Devo from Rachmaninov's All Night mm, Vigil. Beautiful. Um, led by my esteemed colleague and brother, Tim Sawyer. And that's a, that's a beautiful hymn to uh, the Theotokos, the, the Blessed Mother, there, for those of you yeah. who don't speak uh, Slavonic, Russian, or Ukrainian, <laughs> um, who might be wondering what that means. Uh, well, uh, where can people go to find out more? Uh, I think, um, you know, if you Google Byzantine Choral Festival Minnesota, it will uh, pop up. We have presence on YouTube, and there are countless hymns of countless choirs who performed over the years um, over there um, that you can listen to what kind of music it is. Also, we have Facebook presence, and there are 
many pictures and videos over there too. Um, we have um, a website, um, and what else? Um, I think those are the the major the major, and also Real Presence Radio, I guess now. <laughs> And if that uh, that website, if you want to check that out, is Byzantine Choral Festival MN MN as in the abbreviation for Minnesota dot webs dot com webs W E B S. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Unfortunately, the time has gone much faster. That that's uh, kind of what happens on uh, live radio when we're having fun is uh, that we kind of go through the time a lot faster than we thought we would. But thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Yuri and uh, Tim. And uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited, and I hope some of our listeners will be able to make it up to Minneapolis to uh, enjoy this beautiful event. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Nice to meet you. All right. And after the break, we are going to talk with the Vicar General of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Father Will Thompson, about an article in the recent edition of The Courier. Stick with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 